Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. tonight we come before you and we thank you for all that you have done all that you will do we commit tonight into your hands we ask oh lord that as we come before you we pray sincerely that your holy spirit takes absolute control meet the needs father of each person present we glorify you and we worship you we adore you father thank you for all those that are joining by podcast and all those that are listening online and those that are listening this on a replay father we just want to say thank you we ask you to bless them as much as you will bless us tonight we have prayed father in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ of nazareth amen and amen so ladies and gentlemen it's good to be back it's good to be here we have a this is a very uh, special week. Um, and the reason I say it's a very special week, um, it's, this is Mental Health Awareness Week. And Mental Health Awareness Week is um, focused on the subject of anxiety and what that can do. And so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to actually look at how to overcome anxiety. We're going to look at a, uh, what I would refer to as a case study. And then we'll look at some of the things that will help you, um, that will I we hope will help when if you are dealing with anxiety or if you're going through it. And so that will be, um, that's what we're going to pick up tonight. And hopefully we can get through all that we need to get through today. Um, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, our, our base Bible verse for tonight, and we're going to, going to use it as a framework to discuss a variety of things around the area of anxiety and where it comes from and how it functions. And so we're going to read um, a story from the Old Testament. and We're going to be looking at all over the Bible. So it's one of those days when we really will have fun digging into what the Bible says um, about different things. And so please turn in your Bible to 1 Kings chapter 19, and I'll start, we'll be reading from verse 1, and I will be reading, um, I will be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're reading from verse 1. The Bible says the following. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. When he saw, when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, It is enough. 
now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel-Meholah shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet have I left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. Verse 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done unto thee? For what have I done to thee? Verse 21. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them, boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him.
ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a really, really interesting story. But we are going to use it as a framework to look at some of the things that can cause, or some of we're going to look at anxiety as a subject, and then we're going to look at the solutions of anxiety or when we get anxious and we'll deal with it as we come. And so when we think about the word anxiety, the word anxiety, um, if you look at it, the word in the Bible that we find is the word anxious. And the word anxious, you will, you'll find the word um, anxious. And we'll, we'll look for that in if you turn with me to philippians chapter four uh let me pull that up philippians chapter four and i'm going to read from verse six and the bible says be careful for nothing that means do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto god and the Bible says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then the Bible says in verse eight, and we'll come to that later. Um, we'll come to that later. So what you realize is when you do a search for the word anxious or anxiety, you don't find it in the Bible. But you do find words like be careful, which is an English translation of the Greek word for be worry or to be concerned about you also find in the bible words like sorrow so um where you see the word sorrow if you look at proverbs 10 verse 22 the bible says in proverbs 10 verse 22 the blessing of the lord it maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow with it. The word sorrow translated means to worry, to create a picture of a tomorrow that is founded not upon what God has done or what he has said, but a picture of tomorrow based upon one's concerns or one's circumstances. And so we realize when we sense and when, when people are anxious or when we are worried or when we are fretting we are literally creating a picture of tomorrow that is based upon things other than the lord god okay and so let's go to our framework and see it in action and so please turn with me back to first kings 19 and i'll start at verse one so let's see anxiety and act this is effectively what anxiety looks like and the bible says and they had told jezebel all that elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword and then she responds and the bible says then jezebel sent a messenger unto elijah saying so let the gods do to me and more also if i make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time and the bible then says and when he saw, that means her words created a picture, he panicked. Or he literally just, he literally panicked. The word is panicked. Now, the reason I wanted to pick up on that 
is this. Notice, anxiety is alien to human beings. When you find anxiety showing up in our world, know for a fact that it has been introduced into our world by somebody saying something or our circumstances or our um, experiences saying something or presenting a tomorrow that says what God said about something will not come to pass. And so we realize that when one is anxious, the, the first thing I want you to realize is it's not natural to you and I. Even if the voices you hear on the inside are your voices. So it's your voice that tells you, this is what happened to so-and-so. This is what happened to so-and-so. How am I going to manage this? We don't have enough money. So what I want you to realize, it's always alien. Alien in a sense, in that when God says it's going to be okay, anything that detracts from that is alien to you. It is being introduced and it's coming from one source, one source and one source only. And so if you could turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10, and we'll look at verse 10, and this is where we will see this source. Now I'm gonna pause here, it's 7.14. And ladies and gentlemen, what we also want to do is it's 7.14, so we're going to take our declaration, but, where we are as, as a church and where we are as a people, we won't be stopping during our sessions to take our declarations. What we encourage you to do is to move that declaration into your personal prayer life at 7.14 in the morning, 7.14 in the evening. And the reason being is we want to keep it going, but we also realize it's now a part of our culture. So we will not necessarily stop at 7.14 to take a declaration, but we do encourage you to keep it as part of your prayer times and as part of your um, quiet time in the morning um, when you're going to work at 7.14 and keep saying it. We have no doubt that we can begin to absolutely thank God to say our land is healed in Jesus' name. So let's take our declaration, but this is the last time we will break the we will break at 714 to take it. Um, oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves, we pray, and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. And so we want you to keep that in your personal prayer life. We want you to keep declaring that whenever you remember. Great if you can do it at 7.14 in the morning, 7.14 in the evening. And we honestly believe that God in his infinite wisdom will heal your land wherever you are and in whatever experience you find yourself. So let's continue. So where does anxiety come from? Notice, anxiety came into the life of Elijah when Jezebel spoke and said, this is what I'm going to do. Now, interestingly, ladies and gentlemen, so let, let's have a look at John 10.10 and see where it comes from. So we know where anxiety comes from. The Bible says the following, 
the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it abundantly. That's Jesus speaking. So ladies and gentlemen, whenever the Lord gives you a promise, when God says, I will be your God and I'll be there for you and I'll be your guide, he means it. Whenever you find yourself picturing that not happening, which is the root cause of anxiety, oh, I won't have enough money for for um for my bills i'm this uh, what i'm going through is probably going to harm me this person will not heal i will not get the job nobody will choose me i'll end up um i'll end up um unfortunately single i'll end up on my own or i won't this will happen or i'm or my marriage is going to collapse what, what you begin to realize is anxiety is words that have been sent to present a picture to you that does not agree or directly detracts from what God has promised to you. And it can become a really crippling experience when the anxiety hits and it feels like it's a part of you. And it's like, wham, wham, wham. And we're going to have a look at that. But let's understand where it comes from. So when it comes, you can fight back knowing that it is alien to you. It's not coming from your father. It's not coming from the Holy Spirit. And in all sincerity, it's not coming from you. So we realize where it's coming from. So let's have a, a very quick look at where it comes from. I wanted to show it to you. Mark chapter four, and I'll start at verse 14, speaking about the parable of the sower. I want you to notice something in three instances. Mark four. Verse 14, Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower, and in, this is the explanation. We're going to read to verse, we'll read to verse 20, it's just six verses, but you'll notice something. The Bible says the sower sows the, soweth the word. That is when God gives you a promise, when God gives you an assurance, when God says this is how things are going to work out. The Bible says that's him sowing the word. He gives you an assurance that tomorrow's going to be all right. Now, we realize this to be true, but notice what happens when God gives you a promise. Verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, and when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So we realize the first thing that Satan tries to do is he tries to get you to move away from the fact that God has given you a promise. Now, when you read this in the book of Matthew, you realize Satan can only steal God's promises when you don't understand it's yours. When you don't understand that when God gives you a promise, it is going to happen because he's faithful. And so what he tries to do is he tries to get you to believe that God is not faithful and then you move on and try and work things out by yourself. But so the first thing we see is where does anxiety come? Satan tries to steal the promise. What, how does he steal the promise? He introduces his own words and says, you know what? It's too late. God's not going to do it. The, the odds are stacked against you. And what he wants you to do is with your own mouth say, okay, I'm going to do something else or I'm not going to trust the Lord. And so that's the first way. So notice 
the doubt concerning the promise did not come from the soil, it came from Satan. That's the first one. Second thing I'd like you to look at, Mark chapter 4, verse 16, let's keep going. And the Bible says, and they, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. I'll read to 17 and have no root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Pause. So now how, what happens? The first one, Satan tries to steal. The second time, he tries to kill it. How? He sends circumstances and situations, responses to the promise that try and tell you or to steal, to kill the word on your inside. So when the Bible says affliction or persecution arise, when God gives you a promise, notice he said, I had no sorrow with it. He doesn't send trouble with his promise. But when Satan sees you're holding on to a promise, he tries to shake you by sending trouble. So all of a sudden, you're believing God for, um, let's say you're believing God for finances and you're dealing with one bill. All of a sudden, three show up. All of a sudden, the car breaks down. All of a sudden, the boiler stops working. And in those times, what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to get you to deny the fact that what God said is true. He wants you to change what you say. He wants you to, to use a phrase, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Hebrews 10.35 is, is the clearest. The Bible says, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. 36. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Verse 37, for still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come and he will not delay. So ladies and gentlemen, when you find yourself and this is what anxiety, this is sometimes the root of our anxieties or our worries or things that cause us to begin to doubt that God will do it, are the pressures around us. And it can be something as simple as, as a well-meaning phone call from an auntie. It can be having to go to three weddings at a stretch. It's having to go, having to find, um, having to look for a job when you weren't expecting it all of a sudden you can get really concerned and that's what we call persecution and um, affliction and persecution that's what he says he sends it now listen to me very carefully what he's trying to do is to cause you to be offended the word offended means with your own mouth undo what god has said he's creating doubt and so we realize the doubt or the worry or the picture that God's promises will not come to pass have been introduced from outside of your relationship with your father and even from yourself. 
So when you find yourself becoming anxious, what I want you to realize is the feeling of anxiety that, well, it's not going to work, is being fanned by someone outside of your relationship with God. And it's being fanned by Satan and his cohorts. So let's keep that in mind. Let's go to verse 18. And the Bible says, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. All of a sudden, things begin to pile in. You become busy. You be begin to realize that, well, you know what? I'm 38, or my biological clock is kicking, or I, I've only got so many years till retirement. I don't have any savings. I don't have... And all of a sudden, those things begin to pile in. Somebody at my level should be married. Somebody at my level should have this. Some All of a sudden, those things begin to pile in, especially where you find comparisons or life just happens. Or if you literally spend time sometimes on so the social media channels where everybody else's life looks perfect. Everybody's having great dinners. Everybody's going on great holidays. Everybody has a great business. And all of a sudden you feel that, well, you know what? My life is not moving. But what is Satan doing? He's trying to choke the word of God. When God makes you a promise, he's going to keep it. And this is where anxiety comes. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize as I read the last verse in this particular section, when God gives you a promise through all of these three things, the promise will come to pass through Satan trying to steal it, through Satan trying to kill it, and Satan trying to destroy it. They will survive. Your promise will hold, and God's word will come to pass. Let's read verse 20. And the Bible says, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. That means it can't be stolen. And bring forth fruit. Okay? So they... Hear it, one, can't be stolen. Receive it, two, it can't be killed. Bring forth fruit, it can't be destroyed. And the Bible says, then God goes ahead and multiplies it 30, 60, and 100 fold. So ladies and gentlemen, what am I saying? I want you to realize that notice in the life of Elijah, his worries, and I say this carefully, his worries were introduced by the words of Jezebel, not by anything that God had done, not by him obeying God, because it was a litany of miracles, but it was the words of Jezebel that caused him to panic. And this is what I want you to realize. Anxiety, fears, worry, and all its manifestations come very clearly from words that have been spoken. When I say spoken, planted on your inside by something outside your relationship with God. So when you find yourself anxious, there is an answer because it is alien to you and I. When I say alien, it's alien. It is introduced. Okay, so let's continue our journey. So please turn with me um, back to 1 Kings 19. And so we realize the threat of Jezebel causes um, Elijah to run. Okay, so let's begin to look at the solution to anxiety. 
let's go for it. Let's now read from verse three. And the Bible says, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, so the first step when you're going through anxiety of any shape or form is this. Stop running from the problem and go straight to God. Let me repeat that. Stop running from the problem and go to God. What does, notice, Elijah drops his servant at a safe place. And the Bible says in verse four, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my father's. Notice, what does he do? He goes straight back to God. And, and what I want you to realize is it goes straight back to God. Now, um, I have a question in the chat and I will answer it. Thank you very much. I will come to your, thank you for the question. I'll come to you. I'll, I'll definitely answer it before we get the, to the end. Now, what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, what does he do? He goes to God. And so step one of your solution is whenever you are anxious, go back to God. Even if it's like, well, God, you promised, uh, you pr um, this is what you promised, and the circumstances don't seem to be agreeing, still go back to God. So let me put that in context for you. So let me show you a few scriptures that say that. Turn with me, please. Let me, I'll use, so I'll be referring. Isaiah chapter 30. And I'm going to read verse 15. The Bible says the following. I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning to me and resting in me, you shall be saved. In quietness and in trusting confidence shall be your strength. Now, this is a prophecy and God is speaking to Israel. So it ends with the words, but you would not, because it's going to continue going on to say something else. But what the principle is actually very clear. When you are going through a difficult situation, irrespective of where the anxiety comes from, and I'll come to the, the, the I'll answer the question in the chat, is this, go back to God. And I want you to also realize when we say go back to God, pray honestly and openly. Notice, Elijah lets loose. He unleashes a prayer. <laughs> this is a man that's just called down fire. He unleashes a prayer and he says to the Lord, I can't do it anymore. Now, what I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is, and please remember this when you are going through a difficult time, God loves you and God knows exactly what you mean irrespective of the words that come out of your mouth for one simple reason when you look at what the bible says in first samuel 16 verse 7 i'll just quickly turn there first samuel 16 verse 7 and the lord is speaking to samuel and I'll, this is the principle but the lord said to samuel look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. Speaking about one of David's brothers, not that the, the brother had done anything, but he wasn't the chosen one. For the Lord sees not as man sees. 
for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So when you come, looks on the heart. So when you come to God in prayer, I want you always to be open and as brutally honest as need be. Why? Your father can handle it. Okay. And so what does, what does Elijah do? He pours out his heart. And so the key number one is stop running from the problem. Go to God and pour your heart out and tell him how it is. Interestingly, notice from that point forward, the Lord takes over. The Lord takes over. And so that's key. So let's go to, um, let's actually, let's go to two more scriptures to, to, to drive this home. Um, please turn in your Bible to Isaiah 40, verse 31. And the Bible says the following, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version of the Bible. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand is even when you really don't feel like it, go to God. Because the Bible says, notice, Elijah went to God. The interesting thing is he pours his heart out. He doesn't wait for an answer. And the Bible says he falls asleep. And the Lord takes over from that point forward. Okay. And so what I want you to do is I want you to remember Whenever one of the first things about dealing with anxiety is go to God and pray honestly and openly to your father that this is what I am dealing with. Notice once Elijah did that, let's follow the story. Verse five. And the Bible says, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree. The Bible says, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, arise and eat. And we're going to come back to that, but let's not miss this point. Many times, please hear me. This is what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, which we looked at. The Bible says in returning and in rest. Many times anxiety is fanned or made worse because we are tired and there has to come a point where you realize God has got this problem and whatever you are facing whatever you are going through God is more interested in bringing you through it than you getting through it now what I want you to understand is there is a place for rest when you are tired, you are vulnerable. And many times anxiety kicks in when you are not just physically tired, that happens, but also when you are spiritually or emotionally tired, that I can't do this again. And this is what the Bible says. Notice when the Bible says, come back to me 
when they that wait upon the Lord. It doesn't say you have to be really active. It just means you come back, you focus on, you hope in, you rely on. Now, let me read what God says in Psalms 46, verse 10. And I'm going to read verses 10 and 11. The Bible says, let be and be still and know, recognize and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our high tower and stronghold. And then the Psalm ends like this. Selah, pause and calmly think about that. Okay, I want you to begin to realize that God is, God's been working before you arrived and God is still in control. Even, please hear me, he's not waiting for, he's not, when you laid a problem before the Lord, he's working it out. He's working it out. He's made you a promise that whatsoever you ask of me in my name, I will do. John chapter 14, reading from verses 12 to 14, when you realize that that's what Jesus said. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you're being to stop anxiety, please go back to God and realize that rest is critical. Rest sometimes means sleep. And I want to, I want to, to keep, want you to keep in mind, why is sleep important? If you read Ladies and gentlemen, 1 Kings 17, all the way to the end of 1 Kings 18, you will realize Elijah has been going constantly for three and a half years. He has been literally walking a battle line. He is tired physically and spiritually. And so when he comes to God, his frustrations are not so much that God cannot be trusted, but he's just too tired to confront another Barad. And he lets his heart out and notice what the Lord does. He causes him to sleep. That I've got this, you go to sleep. And notice while he was sleeping, nobody found it. And notice, while he was sleeping, what Jezebel threatened did not come to pass. She said, by the end of this day, this story is being written at least a day and a half after he got the message. So her threat has not come to pass and it has not come to pass what? while he's sleeping. It is only God's word that is infallible. Everything else is subject to him. Please keep that in mind. It is only God's word that is infallible. And so he goes to sleep. And so ladies and gentlemen, when you're finding yourself anxious, find a place to stop. Find a place to stop. Find a place to pray. 
And then what I also want you to do, as you now go back to God, he takes over. And let me show you how he does that in a very gentle fashion, but he does it completely. Please turn in your Bibles to Psalms 23. It's only six verses, so we'll read the we'll we'll read through. We'll we'll, we'll only read the first three. And the Bible says the following: Psalm twenty-three, verse one: "The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me." I'm reading from the Amplified Classic version of the Bible. I shall not lack. Verse two: He makes me lie down in fresh, tender green pastures he leads me beside the still and restful waters ladies and gentlemen what that indicates is that when god knows you need to rest okay somebody said they're getting very poor audio can i get a few thumbs up in the chat if you can hear me clearly Okay, fantastic. Okay, great. Um, so I think if you're getting poor audio, it might be an issue of Wi-Fi on, on your end, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> I've got loads of thumbs up now. Thank you. All right, thank you. So hopefully we'll sort out for you. We genuinely apologize, if it is, but it's, it's not coming from this end. Okay, so what I want you to realize, notice what the Bible says, when you go to the Lord as your shepherd, I want you to realize the Bible says he makes you lie down. That means God will stop you when he knows you need a rest. How will he do so? He will withdraw the grace to function. And you will have to stop. And don't be afraid when you have to take a break or you have to take a holiday, or you have to take a couple of days off, or you have to take a couple of hours off, or you or you have to, literally, you have to step away from the battle and say, God, you know what? I can't do this. He's in control. Allow yourself to rest and rest in him. And so what we also realize is, ladies and gentlemen, when you go back to God, he takes over. All right, but let's see. So in Psalm 23, the Bible says, I'll read verse three in Psalm 23, and then I'll move on. The Bible says, he refreshes and restores my life myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. So ladies and gentlemen, you realize God will cause you to be refreshed, but you've got to stop. And stopping many times is an act of trust because we feel like we have to be running around, running around, running around, making phone calls, hustle, hustle, hustle. Sometimes you just need to stop. Start your day with 15 minutes of prayer. Read the Bible before you dash out to work. Before you have to confront that interview, get 10 minutes and listen to a worship song. Just stop. And then hopefully the Lord will then take over. And so we realize. So what I also want you to notice. So let's keep reading. Let's keep reading First Kings 19. So let's keep going through our picture. Notice verse 6. First Kings 19 verse 6. And the Bible says the angel wakes him up. And this is key. 
And he said, he looked and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. Notice, God will put what you require within your reach without much effort, especially when you're anxious. So when you come to God and you open the Bible, when you come to God and you put the song on, God's going to be right there. So what does he do? He does two things, two things. And I want you to, real. Um, let's keep this in mind. When you want the Lord in your life or circumstances, as we have already read in Mark 4, verse 14, go to the word. Please keep this in mind. Notice the Bible says they gave him bread and water. And the Bible says it was within his reach. Go to the Bible. It's not that you will load in much, but you will load in enough. And so what I want you to realize, if you're being anxious, the direct antidote for anxiety is the certainty of the word of God. Turn with me to John 6, 63, because, and I will we'll go to two scriptures, just two scriptures about the word of God, and then I'll move on. John 6, 63, Jesus says the following, it is the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit, whatever. There is no profit in it. The words, truths that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. So when God sends his word to you, it goes straight in. And the Bible says it is spirit and it is life. Life, that means the Zoe life of God is carried in the words of God. Read the Bible. And when you're going through an anxious situation, one of the things I have found, read the Bible out loud. Whether that be the Psalms, whether that be a promise, read the Bible out loud. It, believe me, it just works. It honestly just works. As you read the Bible out loud, the Bible says Romans 10, 17 kicks in, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't matter who's doing the speaking. So please read the Bible out loud. And so let's go back to our story. So that's key. The word of God will go to where it is needed the most. Okay, 1 Kings 19, verse 7. And the Bible says the following. And then the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched it and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. Please hear me well. When you're going through an anxious, an anxious state, please remember what I'm about to tell you. When you go to God, he will give you the strength to come to him where the answer is. Notice, Elijah had to get from where he was to Horeb, which is the mountain of God. 
the Lord gave him the, fed him and said, this particular meal, this one is to get you to me. The Lord will do that. So when you're in, going through a season of anxiety, when you go into the word of God, let me say this carefully, God will send you help so that you can get all the way to him. And so the answer you're looking for will show up. I know this to be true. Turn in your Bible. Um, yes. Turn in your Bibles to Luke 22. And let's go to Luke 22. And I please, we'll start reading from verse 41. And the Bible says, this is Jesus. When Jesus was carrying on his way to the cross, he was carrying Asin, he began to feel the weight of the separation of that sin brings between man and God. And the Bible says fear kicked in. And the Bible says the following in verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Verse 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And the, his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Then the Bible says, when he rises up this time, he's good. God will send you help. And the help will give you the ability to go all the way to where God is providing the answer. And so this is, please keep this in mind, because many times when we are anxious, we feel alone. God will manifest himself. When you're reading the Bible, when you are coming into the place of prayer, when you go into the place of worship, or when you're studying the Bible, or when you're meditating or confessing the Bible, please remember, what God will break first is that sense of the fact that you are alone. The Bible said God sent Jesus help. And so this is this is what I please remember. This is so when we talk about anxiety, we realize that there is help in the Lord. Okay, please turn back to First Kings 19. And I'm going to pick the narrative up from verse 9. And the Bible says, and he came thither, I'm, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible, and he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, what doest thou here, Elijah? And Elijah, hearing God's voice, pours out his well-prepared prayer. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, and thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I only I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And then God says something. God doesn't answer a word of what he says, but this is what God says. He said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. 
this is key when you come into anxiety. When anxiety begins to kick in. The word of God that you are holding onto that they are trying to take away is critical. So Elijah comes to the mountain of God. But by virtue of what had happened in the last three and a half years, the safest place for prophets was in caves. So he goes and hides in a cave when God wants to sort things out. And he says, what are you doing here? He says to Elijah, it's not so much what are you doing at the mountain because God brought him there. So he said, no, you're not coming to me in the right position. Listen to what the Bible says about Elijah in 1 Kings 17, verse 1. And the Bible says, I'll read from 1 Kings 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. Listen to what he says next. Before whom I stand there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. So Elijah's position of ministry and refreshing is standing before the Lord, not hiding in a cave. How does that translate when I'm going through a really difficult situation? How does that help me if I feel like my world is breaking down? Turn with me, please, to Psalm 119, verse 49. When we are going through anxiety, please remember, the focus is not you, it's the word. The Bible says the thief is coming to steal, kill, or destroy the promise. So you're fighting for the promise. Verse 49 of Psalm 119, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction for thy word hath quickened me or in a more simple terms, given me life. So ladies and gentlemen, when you come before God, and you're going through a season of anxiety, pick up the promise that started the whole process. And this is what God said to Elijah. He said, I need you in the right position, and then I will make things happen. And when you and I are coming to God, this is what God wants. He wants you to bring his word back to him. Let me put it in a simpler scripture as we, we um, hopefully this will really help those. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Hebrews 11, verse six. How does God want us to come to him? And this is how. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek it. Ladies and gentlemen, as we bring tonight to a close, notice what does God want us to do in the, when we are going through anxiety, 
fear, worry, is to go back to his word and say, God, this is what I am holding on to. This is the promise I'm saying. This is what I'm declaring over my circumstances. This is what I'm declaring over my seasons. This is what I'm declaring over my life. Because the Bible says when you come to God like that, you please him. And the Bible says when you please God like that, he grants you what you're asking for. Psalm 37 verse 4 says that. And then we'll, we'll wrap up in 1 Kings. Psalm 37 verse 4. The Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And so, ladies and gentlemen, um, I want you to please keep in mind the fact, and please keep this in mind, that when you're in a season of anxiety, go back to the word of God. But please remember, this is key. Please remember, God's word is him. As you read it, believe it, and then the miraculous will kick in. So let's go to 1 Kings and let's close out our story. 1 Kings 19. The Bible says the following. Verse 11. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Notice, God demonstrated something really clearly, that the circumstances around you do not represent his presence or his absence. It is his voice that makes all the difference. That means if you are holding on to the word of God, the circumstances around you will bow. Elijah then goes on and tells the Lord, once more, this is why he's here. And notice, the Lord does something, and this is key, and this is the last thing I would like to say about for those of us that are going through a season of anxiety or a challenge. And just, for, just because we only have this particular period, notice what the Lord does. The Lord first says, I've already sorted out what you're worried about. You're not on your own. And so keep that in mind. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're going through a period of anxiety, do not remain alone. Second, what does the Lord do? He says, go back and I want you to do three things. He sends Elijah to people who need him. When you're going through a period of anxiety, fear, or worry, one of the greatest things that can help you through it is to minister to somebody who needs you the most. It brings a level of strength that is unspeakable. It also breaks a cycle of depression. 
a cycle of fear. When you now pay attention to somebody else who needs you, it might be the person who's in front of you in the queue. It might be somebody who's on the bus who looks rather upset, giving your seat up to someone on the train or just sending a text message to encourage somebody else. It opens up your world in a very unique way. Let me show you this in Jesus's life. And this will be our last scripture. We've we've pretty much run out of time. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke 22, verse 49. Luke 22, verse 49. This is how we'll end it. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's been betrayed. He's identified his betrayer. Judas has, it's all worked out. There's chaos happening. Luke 22, verse 49. When they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. And Jesus answered and said, suffer ye thus far. And touched his ear and healed him. In the middle of Jesus's toughest moments, the Lord puts in that position somebody else he can minister to. What does that do? It reassures you of the presence of your father in difficult times. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what does God do for Elijah that breaks his cycle of anxiety? He points him to somebody else who has a need. And ladies and gentlemen, I really hope as you go, this helps a little bit. I'm not saying this is all the answers. Someone did ask, what about if you're going through a period of clinical depression? When somebody is diagnosed as clinical depression, then we realize that the cycle is being governed by a bodiless person or a spirit. It's got become a spiritual challenge. Please read Isaiah 61, reading from verse four. Keep that in mind. Um, sorry, I've got a phone ringing. Um, please keep that in mind. That will break that cycle. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let me, sorry. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we bring tonight to a close, I pray with all my heart for anybody who's going through a season of anxiety that God, in his infinite wisdom, will be kind to you, that he will strengthen you, that he will cause his word to create a place for you, that God will guide you and God will defend you in all ways and in all things. Most of all, may he break the cycle of anxiety over your life. And may this be the best week that you have had for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you um, and have a wonderful week.